Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff text me 949-415-6256 please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book the comprehensive guide to clinical research it's been selling really well getting very well received by the community thank you guys so much for that also check out the youtube member page join this channel to get perks that's my youtube uh, membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode. Look, this is one that unfortunately, like I didn't want to do. I did a live stream last week, Chris, where we kind of like introduced the idea. That was when Russia invaded Ukraine. So it was the next day I was doing a live stream and it had to come up. A lot of people were asking me things. Hey, how does this impact? How does war impact our industry? And I said, the answer was, I don't know. And the and now I know a little bit more. We know a oh, little bit more. Sorry, if I can interject just real quick. It's funny. I I uh, read an well, article. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Chris Sub, right? Hey, most people who follow there you. might be some. There's always new people. And by the way, guys, sorry to like scare you guys. This thing popped out. It's a pimple. Um, well, I've never had a pimple there. It's terrible, man. I yeah, like be very sensitive. Like it's I'm debating like to nose. put on a mask right now, you know, and be that guy to wear a mask on a Zoom. <laughs> Seriously, because I talked to my dermatologist PI and he said it's an oil gland that got clogged. And it makes sense because I switched my moisturizer. And uh, Dora told me she's my wife. She told me not to put I shouldn't put moisturizer here. It's a different kind of cream. So I just like rubbed it all over my face and. That's what happens. So don't do it, guys. Not not that anybody's going to like this topic, but have you ever had a pimple inside your nose? How much those hurt? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. I've had pimples like that. Uh, This doesn't hurt unless I press it. But yeah, I had to like go to work like this. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, I actually like put a little makeup on from Dora's. Dora like tapped me up with some makeup because it looked more hideous yesterday. But today it's like getting better. So if you're that concerned, I just put one of those baby band-aids over it. Ah, I look like Nelly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. My wife I might got do that. I might put a band-aid tomorrow. Good idea, Chris. That's that's more masculine to say my wife got pissed and slapped me. 
tomorrow strike. tomorrow i do have a patient today i didn't have any patients so i didn't wear a mask but tomorrow i do have a patient so i'm wearing a mask most of the day uh. um so that'll it makes the patient feel better um but so that will cover it up but maybe the band-aid too okay all right so anyways guys what I was I, saying real oh quick. yeah what were you saying yeah <laughs> i was just reading an article today um about ukraine there's concerns with with pharmaceutical companies that the studies that are all being conducted in ukraine are going to have to be paused or pulled because of what's going on there um, and that completely makes sense right so let's do drug accountability when the building's being bombed <laughs> imagine like disaster plan and you know we're not, we're not laughing at the tragedy we're laughing at that the craziness of this, this of that situation to do a ip accountability it's like hard enough as it is without bombing going on so uh, sorry but no so, yeah i i have four articles in front of me so the, uh, one of them mentions that actually so hypothetical question and i mean that's basically the point of this uh this vlog what would happen in the case of a world war three right like every country on earth is involved in war somehow right would research end? because i kind of think it would i mean how would you conduct research when most countries that you would utilize for a study are currently in conflict i just don't see how how that would be feasible depends where the conflict is so we have four, four articles so let's let's get to them but um again this is just our opinion because people have been asking and chris is like super informed on this stuff i mean he as you can see he's like reads this stuff he's uh he's up to date when i need to know what's happening in news i talk to chris so you know i i definitely wanted chris for this podcast um so thanks for coming on chris and again this is just our opinion i don't even know what chris's opinion is um i don't really even know what mine is <laughs> but we'll get into some articles because um i actually think that there's been some good articles so the best one that i've seen is from uh biospace and it was written yesterday and it says lessons from and let me let me see if I can share my screen so you could see too. Okay. I know I know people like that better, right? Um, so here you go. Lessons from past wars could offer insight for biopharma during Ukraine war. So as Russian tanks rumble into Ukraine early in the morning, February 24th, that's when I did my live stream the next day, February 25th. Um, Ukraine, Kiev-based drug companies like Enamine have had their operations completely broken. For biopharma companies around the world, the impact will reverberate. According to the FDA's clinical trial database, there are more than 250 studies right now in Ukraine. Uh, per Global Data's clinical trials database, there are over a thousand trials either ongoing or planned, the majority of them cancer which is not a surprise. The war in Ukraine is devastating, but this is certainly not the first time the biopharma industry has seen conflict affect its business. Throughout history, many different countries have had their biopharma supply chains changed, sometimes profitably, sometimes detrimentally by war. So they're going to go into some history. I think this is important, even though history never repeats, but it rhymes, you know, and we don't know if this is going to escalate into World War III, but 
we'll we'll give our opinions right now. So from 1914 to 1918, World War One ravaged nearly all of Europe. Bristol Myers Squibb, which was there was a predecessor, ER Squibb and Sons, was the world's primary supplier of ether for the entire war, and the company profited immensely from sales. Some aspects were providential for medical research. One of the deadliest weapons during World War I was toxic mustard gas. In addition to its lung-damaging, suffocating effects, mustard gas also had the ability to destroy lymphatic tissue and bone marrow. Soldiers Mm. who had served in the war had very low numbers of white blood cells. If the mustard gas could kill those cells, it was hypothesized that perhaps it could kill cancer cells too. Physicians experimented with mustard gas on mice and found that the gas caused tumors to shrink. This Mm. was the beginning of chemotherapy treatments for cancer. Mm. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I know. See, Chris, good you're doing this podcast, man. It's good people watching and listening too, because I didn't know this either. So this was the beginning of chemo uh, for cancer by 1929, Bristol-Myers. I just met with some Bristol Myers reps today, by the way, medical science liaisons at the office. They're trying to get us on the list to get some studies. Um, so then by 1949, FDA had approved using mustard gas based mechlorethamine as cancer treatment and BMS patented its treatment as cyt- cytoxin in 67. War has affected the pharmaceutical industry throughout wars in the Middle East. Like in the 80s, Iraq had the largest healthcare budget of any country in the Middle East. However, during the Gulf War, UN sanctions drastically diminished that country's economy. The political isolation and financial devastation stagnated Iraq's once vibrant pharmaceutical industry. This might happen in Russia as well with the sanctions. Uh, by 1989, the Iraqi government owned owed massive amounts of money to pharma giants, now GlaxoSmithKline, as a result of Saddam's totalitarian regime because smith klein didn't want to lose more money it stopped supplying vaccines to iraq uh today's iraq pharmaceutical industry is worth 4.6 billion that impressive turnaround didn't happen on its own a lawsuit filed in 2017 alleges that pharma giants saw a lucrative opportunity to revive iraq's pharma industry after 9 11 And despite the Anti-Terrorism Act, several companies decided to do business with countries they knew were enemies of the U.S. As a result, more than 100 plaintiffs filed suit to hold pharma companies accountable for the deaths and injuries of U.S. military members between 2005 and 2009. Some of these defendants included the big ones, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Roche, Johnson, Johnson. Um, AstraZeneca in particular has invested heavily in the Middle East. In 2014, the company created AstraZeneca Near East to serve countries such as Iraq, Iran, Syria, Libya, and Palestine. Despite the booming industry from abroad, Iraq's own people are suffering. UN sanctions and the Islamic State wars have devastated much of the country's infrastructure. The World Health Organization said that Iraq's government spent only $161 per citizen on health care in 2019. Oh, wow. Uh, much less than Jordan and Lebanon, which spent 304 and 649 per capita, respectively. War has impacted pharmaceuticals in Africa, and Africa recent wars waged by the militant group Boko Haram have entwined the local pharmaceutical industries. Boko Haram insurgents have taken advantage of West Africa's severe lack of access to medicine by selling counterfeit drugs. The counterfeits usually imported from Asia are sold by Boko Haram in Nigeria and Cameroon. Boko Haram also uses pharmaceuticals to fuel its armies by getting recruits addicted to tramadol and other common opioids 
the insurgents are able to control their armies. The BBC reported that tramadol is being smuggled into Africa from South Asia by criminal gangs. When discussing war, so here's where I think it gets more important for us in today present day scenario. Just when real this, quick. Yeah. Sorry. Previous paragraph you were reading on um, what Iraq spends per capita per individual. Just for comparison's sake, the United States spends 12,531 per individual. Wow. Just for comparison. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Uh, wow. Thank you for that. So here, here we get to um, like cyber warfare, because this is one of the biggest threats from Russia. Russia has really good cyber warfare capabilities, probably only second or third to U.S. and China. Uh, so cyber warfare is becoming increasingly common. Bloomberg reported that in 2017, Russian hackers attacked the United States by targeting a tax accounting software called MEDOC which was used by many large pharmaceutical companies. The malware damages cost Merck $1.3 billion. Based on these past examples, there are several conjectures about how war in Ukraine could impact global pharma industry. One of the most likely outcomes is that Russia's vaccine manufacturing will suffer. Russia has been seeking approval from the World Health Organization for its Sputnik vaccine for COVID, but after invading Ukraine, the country may no longer have that option. Uh, the periodical chemical and engineering news reported that Germany's chemical pharmaceutical industry will also suffer some $6 billion worth of chemicals. Approximately 2.4% of the country's entire exports went to Russia in 21. And because of new sanctions, that profitability could evaporate. Another outcome is that India's economy will falter. India's pharmaceuticals, one of two of my studies right now, my first two studies in Umar from an Indian sponsor. Uh, I didn't even think about that, actually. India's pharmaceuticals are particularly at risk, which may explain the country's hesitancy to condemn Russia's invasion. India exported more than $181 million of pharmaceutical goods to Ukraine and about $591 million to Russia. Russia's Sputnik vaccine for COVID is also being manufactured in India, backed by the Russian Direct Investment Fund, Mumbai pharmaceutical giant Sun Pharma, that's like basically Pfizer for India, has a presence in more than 50 Russian cities. So India has further incentive to stay on good terms with Russia. As the war in Ukraine plays out, the biopharma industry will continue to experience changes based on precedents. Some players will likely thrive while others will dwindle. Either way, it's an ominous reminder that war's toll on life is not limited to those who die on the battlefield but also those who have access, limited access to life-saving medication. Mm -hmm. And just to put this in context, today, March 3rd, no deal on ceasefire, but agreement reached on civilian evacuations. Putin signals determination to continue the war. So this is not ending uh, as of this podcast. It's sure. Anytime soon. So yeah. just an observation on that article. I, uh, it was interesting that they felt fine discussing World War I and completely avoided World War II. Which World War II re revolutionized clinical trials as we know. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Obviously, the atrocities that Germany uh, committed during World War II, of which, and this is probably very politically incorrect and why the article didn't mention it, but 
there were advancements that had never been achieved in the understanding of different topics about the human body because of all atrocious things that Germany did. Nonetheless, they hugely advanced our understanding of many different aspects of humans in the very awful research they conducted. Um, but there again, it advanced also how we conduct research and, you know, the Nuremberg Code and all of that. Declaration of Helsinki and the informed consent. It basically shaped the informed consent as we exactly. know it. But, but again, I understand it's very uh, politically incorrect to discuss that and probably didn't, you know, didn't want to touch that with a nine-foot pole in their article. I, I would have put it in there, at least the part about informed consent. I mean, the, well, yeah. I would have... Personally, I would, have, I would have went through the whole thing on, they conducted very awful clinical trials, obviously, with, with uh, Jewish people. However, you know, there was a lot of advancements made, but, uh, you know, at an atrocious cost. Well, actually, so there's, I said I had more articles. Here's another one. This one, um, this is from Foreign Policy Research Institute. Oh, sorry. Before you get started on this, I just wanted yeah. to. Make another comment real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, I was reading an article last night um, on something that was a little bit more pertinent to me at the time. And that was how, how to investments um, either recoil or advance or, or basically what's the effect of war on investments, right? The Dow, Bitcoin, potentially that type yeah. of thing. We an article on that last night, the history of it. And um, in the article, they said it's very counterintuitive on what occurs with investments. And they use both World War I and World War II for the Dow. Obviously, there's we've never really had a major conflict during cryptocurrency times, but the Dow, we have had we have plenty of examples. So they said that initially you'll see a, a sharp drop-off in pricing, right? So the Dow will take a hit at the beginning of a war. But it, it, it does not affect it in the long run. And they gave World War II as the primary example, but this also occurred in World War I. Um, World War II, the Dow saw a 7% increase year over year during the United States' um, involvement in World War II. So for three years, you saw a 7% increase year over year. So um, it doesn't appear to affect, at least economically, the countries involved in terms of their stock market and probably similar um, investments like cryptocurrency. So getting back to tying this into what we're discussing here, I, you know, I think so long as the, the economy isn't completely in ruins like Europe was towards the end of World War II, I think in certain areas, as we kind of discussed initially, I think research would still be ongoing. It just may it may change pathways, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a new chemical used, like the mustard gas situation, um, in which we need to do research on how do we combat this. Yeah, there's a this other article is good too, but uh, yeah, that, I'm glad you brought up the economy because that's what really drives, right. I think, R and that's a huge part of it. Right now, rates are still low. The Fed is talking about raising rates. I think they came out yesterday and said they're gonna raise rates again. I know right now I'm refinancing my house. Last year I refinanced my other house. It's almost like a percent, entire percent higher. Yeah. Uh, now as opposed to this time last year, so rates are going up. That generally 
puts like a little bit of a stop on investing, but rates are still uh, historically low Mm -hmm. in the context of things. So let's see how high they get, because I think that's going to impact spending from biotechs and VC first VCs, then biotechs, right? Like you need the institutional investors, the retail investors. So here's one, here's one where they didn't ignore world war two. Um, uh, another significant advance, um, World War II saw the expanded use of antibiotics. Sulfa drugs discovered in 35 and penicillin developed in 39 led the way to obvious worldwide benefit we have today. Prior to antibiotics, infectious disease was the leading cause of death worldwide. Another significant advancement was the use of metal plates to heal fractures. This technique was developed by the German military medical services and discovered by the allies when examining captured German prisoners who had needed x-rays to the surprise of the medical staff, the German troops were back on duty in half the time compared to normal healing. Hmm. This widespread use of metal plates and joints is now common as we all know. So they ignored the informed consent here too. the Korean war, Vietnam war, uh, frozen blood products, um, in catastrophic injuries. And then now, PTSD, um, a very important advance for civilians. Uh, I mean, we see PTSD studies a lot um, come across our desk for our consulting services. Um, so that that's our article. I mean, they mentioned World War II, but not what you were saying, which I think right. is why it's yeah. good to do these podcasts. The thing that scares me, and I think that's good enough for the articles, the other one's kind of a, rep- a repeat of... The thing that scares me is the cyber warfare. So I don't think this is going to turn into World War III, but it certainly can. And then we'll probably do a, definitely do another podcast if that happens. I mean, it might be a different story. But you were saying if let's, let's take worst case scenario, a war breaks out, a world war breaks out. Our, like we saw this during COVID right? Our, our supply chain is heavily dependent on other countries mm-hmm. to get simple supplies like butterfly needles and toilet paper, toilet paper or like, for, I mean, for pharmaceutical purposes, you know, like compounds to make the drug. Those come from China. I was making a joke, sorry. Okay. Well, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> I thought you were being serious, man. I gotcha. I gotcha. Every, remember that? Everybody was lined up. Yes, I know. Paper. It was ridiculous. We have plenty of toilet paper at my house, too. Um, so, oh, so you're one of those people, huh? I wasn't a hoarder, but <laughs> during the surges, we always bought more than we needed. Okay. Just in, just case. in case. Yeah. But not hoarding, but I probably have like four more uh, cases cases than I need (laughs) right now. But it's okay. We'll use them in due time, guys. They don't expire. (laughs) But like compounds, right? Like chemicals to manufacture drugs and medical supplies. A lot of that stuff comes from China. And Mm. if COVID taught us anything, it's that we're way too dependent on foreign supply chains for our domestic use. So if like, even if the war doesn't come in on us soil, right. You were saying about doing IP accountability in the middle of like getting bombed, like no one's going to do that. Mm -hmm. Even if 
war doesn't come to our soil, which I don't think it, it would. Unless the supply chain, the supply, yeah, but the supply chain is going to be totally screwed up. Even if your sponsor is like U.S. sponsor and we have U.S. sites, most of those, let's say, small biotechs, big size biotechs, I don't know if they've ramped up their their own capabilities for supply chain. Like we're still dependent on foreign countries for a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's not Europe that's sending us this. Like it's not our allies that's sending us this stuff. It's it's Asian countries. It's China, India, I don't know, Russia, maybe. I don't know if it's Vietnam, Russia. But... Vietnam's getting more involved because uh, thankfully uh, our government saw that there's an issue with, with being so reliant upon China. They've started to shift over to Vietnam. Vietnam is really growing because of it. So hopefully they continue to, in my opinion, continue to shift if we're going to have uh international production for our needs hopefully it's with more friendly countries to our yeah i heard from shout out to latino and colonial research latin america as well especially mexico Mexico yeah yeah which makes would make sense i mean but anyway so that to me that's what concerns me uh as an american in the u.s um that and cyber warfare are the thing two things that concern me for our industry it's Mexico. I'm sorry. I'm just going back to politics here real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. You just love to, that. You love that. Just to agree with you. So Mexico makes a thousand times more percent, uh, more uh, rational sense. Even if we only have, you know, because we'd have to pay a, a slight increase percentage wise in, in costs to work with Mexico because they're a little more costly than, than less advanced nations elsewhere. Um it just would make so much more sense to work with Mexico because it, it's so difficult to disrupt those supply chains compared to the Asian markets. Uh, you know, what would make the most sense is to produce it on our own soil, but, you know, companies want to make profits, understandably so. So, you know, maybe push them to Mexico or even South America would make more sense than, mm-hmm. than China specifically, because they're literally an enemy of our country, at least in my opinion. So why do you want to be reliant upon an enemy? Right. right. Or supply chains of any sort, whether it be, you know, medical um, or anything else. You would hope that, um, yeah, I mean, again, this is just opinion, guys. What The thing that worries me about cyber warfare, I mean, not just for our industry, but for every industry, it's not just people think, okay, well, they just won't have access to the internet or their email gets hacked. It's not like that, like true cyber warfare. We've never experienced. They attack infrastructure, hospital infrastructure where people are hooked up to life support. They, they attack utilities. Like imagine being without power. Taiwan. You saw what's going on in Taiwan, right? Mm, No, what's happening. So the two largest, yeah, the two largest cities in Taiwan are completely shut down because of the cyber warfare China's committing upon it. Um, seriously yeah. yeah so the capital and i can't i just read this last night the capital and another whatever the second largest city is in taiwan are both like entirely shut down mm. so and i read something this morning and it's still ongoing so um yeah absolutely you'll be without you know most things it's not just internet like you're saying you won't have you won't have electricity and we don't know how good our counter cyber attack defenses are i mean it's never been tested so you have to 
you have to figure if there is no electricity in in large cities where um majority of sites are <laughs> yeah exactly you're not going to have research right? right if you don't have electricity right even the sites that have generators i mean you're certainly not going to see new research starting in the middle of that and you're if it's gonna... a even ongoing research would be disruptive. disruptive. Yeah, and especially now with like us, we use eSource, right? So that's an Amazon web service, most likely, what like yep. what it yep. runs on. That yep. will be one of the first things. Yeah. So you're, the, you're the by, hackers go for yeah, you're hit by both. No electricity and no internet, right? Remember before COVID, there was a day where AWS servers were down. They didn't they thought it was a cyber attack too. They're mm -hmm. not they never said uh, what it actually was, but I remember uh, metadata was down. I remember I couldn't log into my bank. There was a lot that went down and the same day it came back up, but like emails were down. That's just maybe a little, maybe a little preview of what, of things to come like on a much yeah. bigger scale. So we can't sustain an economy, any industry on that much less pharmaceutical where you have so many moving parts. I mean, you have like 11 vendors on average per study. All those vendors right. shut down right. basically with a yeah. cyber hack or cyber well, attack. At the very minimum, I think if, you know, if we were, if it was, I forget the terminology, fourth stage or fifth stage warfare, we entered that with China and Russia. Um, third, I think, the way it works is third stage is like conventional warfare. Um, you know, militaries are fighting one another. That's third stage. I think fourth stage or fourth generate, I think it's fourth generational actually. So third generational, I can't remember the terms, but anyhow, um, fourth stage or generational warfare is um, propaganda. And I think, and then fifth stage is what you're describing, right? Where they're attacking infrastructure via, uh, cyber warfare right yeah because in so, the past they wanted like world war ii they want to attack a country's infrastructure you just bomb you know right. those places right. now you don't need to do that everything's relying on the internet yeah. and internet of things that way it's something people careful. don't think about especially america well nobody but especially americans we take things for granted like power i mean those things get hacked i read a book uh i read a book that scared the hell out of me uh, written by Ted Koppel. I think it was called Blackout or Lights Out or something like that. Just look up uh, Ted Koppel's book. He wrote this before COVID. If we were to get like cyber attacked by China, he actually put that in the book. And like major city, uh, we'd be screwed as a country. Oh, to yeah. get power back up, you need like special trucks to bring generators into those city. It would be cha so chaotic. It would make what happened in, in the first weeks of COVID look like nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, like child's play. Yeah. And take that example of, of COVID and all the rioting. And then add on top of that, that now there's no real infrastructure in terms of power, communication yeah. down, and everything else. I just couldn't imagine the chaos. Yeah. Well, to end this on a good note, we're not in a world war. As so, of March 3rd, 2022. I just want to give one more prediction since this is being recorded. Have a little fun with it. This is, yeah, so, we're going to see, but be careful, Chris, because 20 years from now, you're going to look back and we're going to see if you're right or wrong. 
That's right. So this is my thoughts on World War Three, honestly. So Chris on the record, March third, twenty twenty two. So I, from what I'm reading, I don't think we'll wind up in World War Three because um, just the way that Biden's putting things, President Biden at the time, uh, in case this is twenty years down the road, um, it doesn't sound like he will honor the treaty we have with Taiwan. Should should Taiwan be invaded by China? However, again, my opinion, if China does invade Taiwan, it should be the start of World War Three for us, right? For everybody. So you say it should, but it won't be. Yes. Okay. That for just that particular mechanism of what could start World War Three, China invading Taiwan, I don't think starts World War Three just because of Biden, um, and his. His statements on what would happen, I mean, it's really vague on what he's saying. And he doesn't do. Taiwan have like 85% of the world's silicon? Yeah, yeah, we're very, we're, we're, in my opinion, we're more reliant upon Taiwan than China, uh, our needs. Yeah, because silicon is a new oil, especially as oh, everything yeah. moves digital, right? You need a chips it's for like a combination, oil and gold. I mean, it's super important to so many different things that we're reliant upon. Um, yeah, it would be awful to lose Taiwan and we have a treaty with them to defend them, which has been in place for 70 years to defend them against China. Um, but I don't think we're going to honor it. At See, least I think we need I think we that. need SpaceX as much as people um, that I don't think we give SpaceX enough credit as like an asset for our country because they're working on mining asteroids. So let's say you find plenty of silicon on an asteroid, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not relying anymore on Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And who knows what else they find on that asteroid? Certainly. No, I don't disagree I, with that. And I don't know how far away we are. Elon Musk doesn't say it's that long to where yeah. he can do that. I want to add, just because I don't want to be misconstrued, um, I'm not saying we should go to war over Taiwan's invasion. I'm just saying in terms of the promises we've made, it should start World War III. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I feel personally about going to war over that. I think it's just a matter of how how important it is to us and can we get on without Taiwan? Because yeah. if China takes over Taiwan, Taiwan's no longer in our picture, right? It's gone, it's removed, it's deleted. So right. And you know, but I, just I like know. OPEC, just like OPEC created the you know the oil cartels. I mean yeah. But that, that was for our silicon cartels. That was for our own good. OPEC was created for us. Right. 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 So it's the petrodollar. If you want to learn, you know, if you don't know about that, there's plenty of you can read on the internet about it. But yeah, that was created for us, essentially. So China, in theory, could create its own version of OPEC with silicon. Yeah, and they're working on it. For too. them. For them. They're working on it too, because there's a lot of uh, silicon in um, in Africa too. So yeah. They're buying up, in a way, they're buying up those properties. And in, in yeah, they're boosting up the infrastructure there yep. as well. Hopefully, this video and podcast doesn't get canceled. I think we're beyond <laughs> cancel. I think we're beyond cancel culture now, hopefully. But yeah. yeah, I so I don't think there will be a war, but I'm afraid. I'm terrified of the cyber warfare, a prolonged cyber warfare. I didn't say that. I think there will be personally, but I don't think Taiwan will be the cause of it. So you think there will be? I think we're setting up very well for, because you already have an example of how you can't allow countries just to mobilize and take over country after country, which Russia is kind of on the verge of doing. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, we have a very good example of that in not too long ago history, right? With with Germany and Hitler. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we need a we need to fix our supply chain issue. I don't know if we've made any progress since COVID on that. And as far as the United States, I think a little, not enough though. Not enough to like save an industry if things were to switch overnight, but I don't think things happen that quickly. Um, Yep. But it's definitely something that to consider and look, we wanted, we're not here to scare you. We just wanted to make a video for you guys that have been asking. And an Um, interesting topic. But I'm not seeing any slowdown right now. I just got another study. No, absolutely not. No, certainly not. I think it's still very busy now. Um, yeah. I Obviously, I think, um, you know, as the expression goes, a monkey a monkey wrench in, I forget how it goes, throwing a monkey wrench into something, uh, that would be the case with World, World War III. That should break out. It's going to cause real issues. Oh, monkey wrench? <laughs> Much more than that. In terms of medical research. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, guys, um, the industry is still busy. Unless you're in Ukraine or Russia right now, you've got more opportunities than you've ever had in this space. Yep, absolutely. And from what we see for the time being, it's going to continue. But with something like war, you just don't know. It's That's the whole point of uh, why we did this. Like, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. We just have opinions try to have educated opinions anyways thank you chris you are a resident politician on call standing uh, for duty about that but sure chris sauber signing off from an undisclosed location no yeah you're in a bomb shelter out. thank you chris and thank, thank you everybody man. for watching and listening and let us know what you think in the comments we'll catch y'all later bye-bye bye-bye